The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead, the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi. Welcome to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. I'm Linda Sharkey, and today's show is all about agility, which is not new in my mind but becoming increasingly more important in the global interconnected world. So as I was preparing for the show today, I said to myself, how do we define agility? I think the key is it's the capability to rapidly, and I underscore rapidly, respond to change. To react to new competitors, technology, and market conditions quickly. And to use a phrase from PricewaterhouseCoopers, it's the complex interplay between strategy, leadership, learning, and organizational makeup. How we design organizations to be nimble so that they can, in fact, flex to the changing market conditions. So here is a quote from the New York Times. It came out today from the discussion of the new Nobel Prize winners, Kalash Satyarthi. And I thought it really summed up the context of the kind of environment that we're working in. We live in an age of rapid globalization. We're connected through high-speed internet. We exchange goods and services in one single global marketplace. There are thousands of flights every day that connect us in every part of the globe, whether it's remote or urban. So the context of how we have to work today is entirely different from how it's been in the past. This phenomenon fundamentally has and will continue to change how we work. This requires rapid change at a speed never experienced before. I'll call this speed on steroids. You know, when I was working back uh, at GE with Jack Welsh, he used to say astutely that companies, in order to succeed, need to have the ability to look around the corner and be able to anticipate what's coming in their direction. Well, he said that about 20 years ago, and that statement still holds true 
but holds true even more so today. But it's higher table stakes. You know, people can disrupt, organizations can disrupt your business overnight. I remember going around GE all around the world when we first were starting out with disruptive technology and doing sessions with all of our leadership teams called DisruptYourBusiness.com. And it was quite insightful. But then we had the time to factor in these changes into our business processes, our operations, and our strategies. That time simply just does not exist anymore. So I thought about also, there have been many people that have been writing on this topic. Clayton Christensen, Harvard professor. He's the first person that highlighted disruptive technology. And then I thought about some of the companies that I've worked with and been part of. We all remember BlackBerry, RIM. I remember when it was still a uh, privately held company and working to get funding rounds. And it became the hottest thing. People used to say, oh, where's your BlackBerry? Or I'll BlackBerry you. But now, sadly, let's look at where that company is. It's been disrupted by numerous different technology, similar if not better, to the one that they offer. I also opened my drawer getting ready for today, and I saw numerous cell phones that I've collected over a long period of time. You know, those cell phones started, I think, in the mainstream, really in the mainstream, somewhere around 1995, not very long ago. And today, you wouldn't even dream leaving your house without your smartphone. And look at how quickly it's changed and how many competitors are in the market compared to where it was before. Think about this. We now say, Google it. What are we going to say three years from now? We used to say, Xerox it. That's gone. So, Things are lasting a whole lot shorter than they used to last in the past before they're disrupted by an ever-increasing technological advance that changes the market and brings people or other competitors into it quickly or addresses a quick customer need. Whoever thought of Uber taxis or Uber rides two years ago And now, they're going global. And it's causing quite a disruption in how people think about transportation. Again, all this is not new. This has been around for a long time. We've been writing strategy books uh, about how you plan and how you think through and how you think about your competitors to make sure that you're on top of your game. There was one strategy book that started out Remember the buggy whip. You know, people wouldn't change because they never thought there'd be horseless carriages. Well, we've moved way beyond that. More slowly then than we're moving now, of course. 
That is the point. And the railroad completely disrupted everything. Major change. And now it's technology and the speed of technology that's making everything different and causing us to rethink almost everything that we do from our laws, from our governmental requirements, to the kinds of employee relations issues we have, to how we run our businesses, and to how we think about privacy, and how we just plain think about how we communicate with one another. So what is new about all of this that makes it so daunting? Well, the thing for me is the following. It's the speed. It's the head-snapping speed of technological change. It's the innovation and communication ability that happens in nanoseconds, not in days, not in weeks like in the past, not even in 24 hours. It's nanoseconds, and it's in sound bites. And once it's out there, out in cyberspace, it's very hard to recover from a mistake or a statement that may or may not have been accurate to what you were trying to do or what you were trying to say. The third big issue is big data. And, you know, we really don't quite know where big data is going to take us, but it for sure is going to take us somewhere, and it's going to have a lot of impact on how we make decisions how we build our companies, how we develop our talent. Big data gives us information and trend data like we have never been able to see before. It connects the dots that we haven't been able to connect before. You know, you probably, if you're listening to this show, already know this. But many companies are using big data to predict the kind of employee that will be most successful in their environment. People are predicting where you're going to stop for your next meal. And this is just the beginning of the iceberg. So here are the challenges as I think about it. First of all, we, do, we are absolutely going to have to be nimble and change and adapt. But change is going to be costly because in this quick environment you can make a wrong move and that wrong move can be paralyzing. It can damn you uh, to a path that you may not have intentionally wanted to take. There's an arrogance also that can be a real challenge. Many companies are complacent or they're very successful And they don't believe that there's an urgency to the kind of need to change that we have before us today. And I propose to you that being able to be flexible and change quickly is going to be essential to compete. And there's your culture, your culture and leaders. Is your culture culture slow and bureaucratic? And how do you know? And do your leaders listen? Or are they command and control? Do they operate based on fear? Are they able 
to really energize and move the tanker fast. With me today is Tony Cusimano from PricewaterhouseCoopers. She is in the forefront of this issue. She works with numerous technology companies in order to help them figure out how they can maximize the market, build agile organizations quickly with minimal mistakes. And we'll all make mistakes, no question. But as I said, in today's world, if we don't adapt and be agile thoughtfully, it can create a situation where you're no longer in existence. So Tony's deep expertise in this area focuses on agile as a key competitive factor that cannot be ignored. Before I move into the segment with Tony, I want to highlight a couple of things. In order to really build an agile organization, you must, as a leader, have trust. You have to have trust in your workforce. And if you don't have trust in your workforce, you're going to be paralyzing them and binding them in a way that they can't make appropriate changes and adjustments so that they can meet competitive demands. Having trust means that you have to get to know your workforce well. You have to be sure that you understand your people and that they understand your strategy and that they have the capability and the organizational operational framework in order to be able to function effectively. And this is not easy, but it can be done. At this point, I'd like to go into a break, and then we'll be hearing from Tony, who will give us the insights and the experience of PricewaterhouseCoopers and how they think about this and what they think are the market trends and what we can do differently in order to capture the power of speed and bring that to our organizations so that we can compete successfully. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. 
If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is Linda at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey. Um, you're joining I Lead the Leadership Connection, and our topic today is Agile Organizations and Agile Leadership. And I have with me Tony Cusimanto, a partner from PricewaterhouseCoopers, whose passion is all about change and people. I'm so thrilled to have you, Tony, and I, I know it's difficult for you to be on the show today as you're under the weather with laryngitis. So I so appreciate your taking the time to, to be with us. Thank you for having me, Linda. I'm really excited for our conversation. Great, great. So let's get started. And and and, what are you seeing from uh, one of the things that PricewaterhouseCoopers does is so great is do the market analysis and really get under the covers of what the future trends are and what's going on in 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 the world from an enterprise perspective. And I'd really love to hear from you and what you're seeing that's making you believe that agility is going to be essential? It's a great question, Linda, and you you touched on some of it in your opening remarks. Um, But let me put a finer point on it because I I do think it's really important. As you said in your opening remarks, agility is not new, right? All for the last 20, 30 years in businesses, companies have had to respond to the marketplace. But the way that we look at the marketplace today, and as we've done our forward-thinking research, there has been, we've, we've thought about this through the lens of what are the megatrends that are going to affect society, that are going to affect business. And I thought what I'd do is share with you um, those five megatrends as a lead-in on why we believe agility is becoming increasingly important for organizations to focus on. So let me hit the first one, which is demographic shifts. 
Um, at the end of the day, when you think about how the global world's population is changing, we're going to have by 2015, by 2050, more than 21% of the global population at aged 60 years or more. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? It's it's, just mind-blowing. And there are implications to um, how an organization manages those employees, how we as a society um, work with those individuals around the world. The second big trend that we see is shifts in economic power. When you look at where we are today from a G7, E7, you know, the E7 countries being those emerging countries, by um, within the next uh, several years, by 2050, approximately $138.2 trillion is going to come out of G- GDP from the E7 countries versus $69.3 trillion from the G7 countries. So, so the sheer shift in economic power from our G7 countries to the E7, the emerging markets, companies need to be thinking about the influence that they have in markets, in capital, in how talent is moving around, and how different governments are increasingly going to be impacting um, the way that organizations uh, fundamentally operate around the world. The other area uh, that we've been, been digging into is this concept of accelerating urbanization. So when you think about the world's population, um, today most of the world's population is um, not necessarily urban. But by 2050, we're going to have an urban population, a 72% increase in our world's population living in and around cities. There are implications to the support infrastructure, to education, to health, and to the way in which organizations are going to support a workforce that will predominantly be centered around these urban populations. The fourth megatrend that we think through um, is climate change and resource scarcity. When you look ahead um, to to 2030, we're going to have a population of about 8.3 billion people. We're going to need 50% more energy, 40% more water, and 30% more, and approximately 35% more food to sustain business. Think about the the implications to our agricultural um, sector, to government, um, and to all of the industries that provide um, energy, water, and food around the world and what that will do to the organization of our businesses. And then last but not least is something that you touched on, which is disruption by technology, right, and disruption in technology through the breakthroughs. Um, the Googleization of much of what we do today. Um, it really is around we're seeing the rise of the Internet of Things. Um, you know, when you think about the connectedness of the world, um, today's population, well, when you look back, just to give you a little bit of perspective, and, and this really does touch on your concept of speed, in 2003, the world had about 6.3 billion people and about a little less than one connected device per person. If you fast forward to 2010, there were about 1.84 connected devices per person. By 2020, 
there will be about six, 7.6 billion people in the world and about six and a half connected devices per person. And so the way in which technology is going to speed information flows, connectedness of society, of people, all of these things are fundamentally changing the way that business needs to think about how they go to market, how they hire their talent. I mean, many of the things that you talked about earlier, their strategy, their leadership, their learning, their organization makeup, you know, how do they design in an agile and agility into the enterprise to be able to respond quickly to these types of megatrends that are affecting not just their industries, but our world. You know, that leads me to another point, that that the statistics that you offered are staggering. And we've already seen the impact of that. I mean, you look at Europe and, and, and the aging population there, you, you look at the demographics and people are moving around entirely more than they were before. The face of certain con- con- countries, including our own, has changed dramatically. So what makes a successful agile enterprise? What's going to make an organization or an enterprise agile from your perspective? What is it that they need to do? So I, when we took a step back and we looked at how quickly and rapidly the world is changing, um, our research showed that there were four capabilities that we tuck under our concept of how do you define Agility, right? I mean, what is agility? Well, the lens through which we look at this concept of agility is we think of it as an enabler, and I do think that that's important. You know, people say, is it a competency? Um, Is it the end-all, be-all? And the answer is no. Agility is one of the many enablers that help your business be successful. Um, But That is an excellent point. Well, when you double-click on that, though, Linda, um, we, we really centered and our research centered around four core capabilities that organizations need to have. The first is strategizing. So you talked about it a bit earlier um, in, in the capability to rapidly respond, right? I would, I would add to what you said earlier by saying that an organization needs to be able to continuously sense the environment, what is going on around the environment in their ecosystem, and then respond quickly. The second capability is, is iterative, this, this concept of, of agile methodology, and, and, and many of your listeners are nodding their heads, you know, who are in the technology sector, for example, and they're implementing an agile philosophy in technology development, but just this concept that um, leveraging a hypothesis-driven approach to test and retest business solutions. But I think in the past, organizations have done things in a very linear fashion. We're going to research, we're going to test, we're going to then test again, and then, and only then will we go out to a customer and ask their opinion on what we've created or the product we're trying to launch. Today, it's an iterative cycle, right? You're constantly going and creating you're going out into the market and asking for test feedback from customers, iterating, iterating, iterating. And so that ability to whether it's, you know, you're launching a product in the marketplace or even internally, right, analysis by paralysis. I don't know how many of us have experienced that 
<laughs> many of Unfortunately, us. Unfortunately, many times. <laughs> I, so many times, right? Yes. Um, and this just ability even inside to have a capability and a mentality inside the organization and people to think about it doesn't have to be perfect. I need to get it to a place where we can iterate so that we can get it to a place where we can get it into the market quickly or if it's an internal project, move things forward. Yeah, and that really goes to the that really goes to the point of, you know, culture and leadership capability. Do do you have an organizational culture that allows you to do that? And do you have leaders that can can flex that way? Yes. And it, it's it's a good question that I don't think many companies are asking right now. Because I think a lot of companies focus on the strategy. They focus on somewhat the structure but mm. mainly kind of the technologies to execute, but not necessarily those the talent capabilities in order to to deliver the, the culture, the mindsets, the behaviors. Um, which actually, you know, kind of keeping on that theme of of behaviors, so strategizing and iterative, the ability to be to strategize and be iterative, adaptive. So the ability to develop and integrate solutions into the business strategy and processes. And, you know, back to your comment around leadership's ability and capability um, to be both iterative and thinking, but also adaptive if something is not working, um, to quickly, you know, in kind of startup words, pivot, right? Every organization has a capability, but do they have the ability when something's not working to take the tough decision, pick up the foot like a basketball player would do on a court, right? You got two feet down. You're looking at where you're going to take the ball next. You pick up one foot and you pivot because your guy's blocked in front of you. And, that is and an such organization's an, ability to do that is important. That is an outstanding point in being able to know when to make that pivot and, mm-hmm. and have the courage to do it. I think on that note, Tony, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll explore those points further. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful 
that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is Linda at Lindasharkey.com. Now, back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey and welcome back. My uh, guest with me today is Tony Cusimano, a partner at Pricewaterhouse Coopers and an expert in uh, change and people, empowerment. And we were just talking about how you develop, what the mega trends are that are developing in the world. And I thought just really some fascinating figures that Tony was 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 sharing with us and what we're going to look like in the year 2050. And also talking about what does that mean for organizations and for leaders and their need to be able to pivot quickly into uh, other areas and make change. So what I wanted to ask you, Tony, was what makes, what what in your mind are the signs that an organization may need to change or may need to think differently about how they're doing business? I think there are a couple things that we're seeing. Um, the first is a mid mismatch between the products that an organization is offering into the marketplace versus the customer demand. Just simply that organizations are not listening at the end of the day to what customers are asking for, requiring, and the product set is not evolving quickly enough. And that feedback, that customer centricity piece is missing to have the feedback coming into the organization so the organization can rapidly respond. Another thing that we're seeing is organization structures are becoming so complex. You know, you see in multiple different industries, two very relevant examples recently in the tech technology sector with two organizations who um, are literally splitting in two, right? Because the business over time to grow has gone through acquisition. And over time, that product portfolio no longer necessarily makes sense to meet the demand of customers. And the organization structures are getting very complex. Um, time to market is slow. 
um, companies are finding they're seeing startups popping up in their space because the startup perceives that there's an opportunity to meet a customer demand more quickly. So a lot of it has to do with, you know, an organization's ability to meet customer needs quickly and, um, and, and in a relevant way in the marketplace. Yeah, so that's something to, to, to really think about. So what are some of the s- examples or case studies that you've seen uh, of companies that are really addressing this well and really positioning themselves well to be competitive going forward? So I would, I would start that question by saying that there's, um, there's a framework through which we look at agility. And then I'll give you an example of what one organization and a CIO that I recently worked with um, did to sort of address the complexity in his organization and streamlining. So when you think about, um, when you think about agility in an organization, there are a couple of lenses. Looking at business strategy, the portfolio, the operations, the technology in the organization. And then looking at those core um, kind of organizational agility elements through the lens of leadership, culture, innovation, and customer centricity. And I focused a lot of what we're seeing in the marketplace of why organizations are showing signs of not being agile. Um, one example recently, I was very fortunate to work with the CIO of a large uh, organization, technology company. Um, he ran a division whose goal and objective, part of the, the strategy to create more agility in the organization of IT for his business, was to implement Agile, to, so to basically implement a new way of delivering IT services to the business. And as he was assessing his organization to better deliver IT services to his internal customers, what he recognized was his people, his leadership, his culture, his processes were not necessarily, did not have agility in order to respond quickly to the changing needs of his his internal customers. And so what he did is he took a step back and looking at agility through that lens, he had his business strategy that said he needed to be more relevant to his internal customers. He looked at how he needed to deliver his IT services to the business. He looked at his operations and the technology and the organization structure and he recognized three things when he did an, an assessment, effectively a diagnostic, for how agile was his organization to make these changes. And fundamentally, what he found um, was was three major areas that needed um, that needed improvement. The first was in the area of organizational alignment. So he had to go back to his leadership team and talk about how creating agility in the way that they organized their business was critically important for them to move quickly to meet their internal customer demands. So second thing, in parallel to that organization kind of structure, were the leadership behaviors. He fundamentally found that he had leaders telling the business to continue to follow the same processes, the same pattern that they had historically done when that was diametrically opposed to speed um, in how he delivered his services. And so they had to take a step back as a leadership team and understand the leadership behaviors, the way in which they were communicating to the organization, the way in which the structure of his business was aligned or not aligned to their ability to meet those customer demands pretty quickly. 
The second area, which was which was fundamentally a surprise, um, I think for many on his leadership team, was this concept of capability. They found at the end of the day that parts of the organization and the individuals that they were asking to be more agile in the way that they delivered their business, they didn't have the skills to do that. They didn't have the, the customer engagement skills. They didn't have the business acumen. And what that translated to was they were good order takers. You know, the business said, I need a change in this platform and I need you to do X. But what they weren't good at doing is having a conversation to understand, well, what was the business reason? What was the compelling problem they were trying to solve? And the consultative skills to actually engage with the customer to understand, is that really the problem that needed to be solved? Or was there a different way that we could be solving that problem? And, and did those individuals have the capability and the business acumen to understand how the business did its work and then how IT could actually enable it? And I, I bring out those very, you know, very specific elements because I think it's easy for organizations to immediately jump to, let's put a program in place and say speed is important and put a milestone in place to make it happen and to become more agile to get to the market faster. But I think what they underestimate is many times it's not necessarily just a structural issue, but it's how leaders are hardwired to communicate messages. And it's whether or not your people actually have the capabilities, whether it's those consultative capabilities and skills to have different kinds of conversations or the business acumen that if they had those capabilities, they would be much better able to assess a problem, diagnose, and get to a solution much faster, which wow. creates more flexibility and speed. Wow. And you know what? This this harkens back. Uh, how many times do organizations not spend enough time looking at their people, looking at the skill sets that their people have, and continually creating a learning organization where people are constantly revamping and re-upping, so to speak, their their capability. I, mm-hmm. I just find it so interesting that, that companies often leave that as a last lever that they pull for their own personal success. It's fascinating. Well, you know, I mean, it's funny, Linda. I always say, you know, you have a balance sheet that includes all of your assets, but you don't necessarily really think of your human capital assets as part of that balance sheet and what are the ways in which just like you have to take care of your equipment and your property, et cetera, you've got to take care of your people um, and think about ways in which you have to do that to, you know, to support the execution of the business. Absolutely. And the point that you make, I mean, you could have the best plans, you could have the best everything, but if your your people are not capable of doing it, you're not going to get there. So you have to have that mindset built into your organization and you have to have it built into your leaders. It's, it's a fascinating point, which leads me to uh, my next question that I'd love to get from you, uh, Tony, is what advice do you have for leaders to ensure that they have the capability? So I think the first thing is, um, I'll make it individual first because, you know, the other hat that I wear is I've been doing change management and how, how do companies implement change for the last 20 years? And at the end of the day, it comes back to individuals and leadership. So I think the first thing that leaders need to do is think about how can you, through your behaviors and actions, 
create an environment to drive agility, the mindset, the behaviors, and how you make decisions, etc. I think the second thing is to really extend that then to your organization. Think about what is your business strategy, what is your portfolio to execute that strategy, and where are you finding that there's slowness in the system, right? Well, we've always done it this way. This is just how things work, Um, slippage on milestones, and try to pinpoint, and there are ways that you can diagnose, and we've helped companies to do that, but really think about what parts of the organization um, need to become more agile in order to move faster to get to market and to meet customer needs. And then spend some time with the leadership team understanding where those areas are and making a concerted effort to, uh, to to drive change, right? In the case of this leader that I talked about earlier, he took a step back. He did kind of a qualitative and a quantitative assessment of where people were. He got voice of the customer feedback of what was working and what wasn't about the organization, the culture, the mindset, the leadership behaviors, the processes and technology that were hindering the ability to go fast through that voice of the customer and against the framework of how you drive agility into an organization, he was then able to come up with his three specific targets of how he could go create agility um, and build agility into um, into his organization. You know, Tony, uh, it, it just strikes me that what you're really saying is that you have to have a holistic view of your organization. You've got to look at all the facets and all the levers, the key levers, in order to make it hum and spin more quickly. And I also hear you saying you have to step back a little, even though it may take a little time, but you've got to step back, do that reflection, and make the appropriate change before you can go fast. So I really appreciate your taking the time to speak with us on this. I think it's been highly enlightening. And I think that the diagnostic tools that you use in helping leaders get that holistic view so that they can really move forward more quickly in a targeted way is, is essential. And we have the tools today. So with that, Tony, I'd like to thank you for being with me and your voice held up and um, we will talk again soon. Thank Thank you so much. Appreciate it. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Do you know your personal brand? You may have the idea, but do you really know how to execute it and perfect it? Join Kathy Bass, the branding lady, for an inside look at the world of branding on her show, Power Up Branding. Kathy and her guests will discuss the many facets of branding, 
including tips to help you rebrand or bring your brand to the next level. Power Up Branding can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get a plan. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is lynda at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, and I'm the host of iLead, the Leadership Connection, and we've just had a great dialogue with Tony Cusimano from PricewaterhouseCoopers, a partner in the tech and, and leadership and change division and some of the statistics that she offered of what the world is going to look like in 2050 are really eye-opening and things that we all need to be thinking about, particularly around the changing demographics, the shift in power, the urbanization. I think these are things that are just important to pay attention to. Not only important, they're essential to pay attention to. And as I was listening to what Tony had to say, I, I sort of was reflecting on my own experience. And I said, there are four things that leaders really need to hone. And I say this all the time. We are moving away from a tell-do leadership style to a listen and innovate and transform leadership style. And this is going to require if the predictions going forward are true, and I believe they are, that listening is going to be incredibly important for leaders. Because if you can't listen, if you can't ask, you can't hear the subtle changes. And it's going to be those subtle changes that are going to make the powerful difference. The other one that occurred to me as I was listening to the demographic changes that Tony was articulating And as I travel the world myself, the whole notion of diversity is going, is imperative. If you can't work with and deal with diverse populations of people, people who perhaps think differently than you, people who perhaps approach problems differently than you, people who perhaps have somewhat different needs, and if you can't tap into that diversity, and tap into the common values 
across all people. And if you're threatened by that diversity, you're going to have a difficult time not only being agile, being, but being able to lead and capture market value. The other thing that comes to my mind is hierarchy. You know, organizations, many are built on old hierarchical models. And I question really whether those hierarchical models, good when they existed and good when we were in a more rural and perhaps uh, more manufacturing-based organizations, but they may not work now where we need to connect people around the world quickly to come up with new ideas and to step back and think about those new ideas and then develop the capability to drive them. So looking at the way we organize our businesses is going to become, I think, a very important factor going forward. And the final issue that really struck me out of this conversation was the need to create learning organizations. Places where people come and they're learning every single day through technology opportunities that companies build in so that people can share best practices immediately, that they can grab a group of people together and get ideas, that they can think about and get customer intelligence quickly. All of these things are going to be essential to build into your organization. And I know, because I've been in this field a long time, that I'm not saying anything that we have not talked about before. In the last 30 years of work, my point to you is that these are no longer going to be nice-to-haves. They are going to be must-haves. The context in which we are working today and in which we are going to continue to work are going to require that we are listeners, that we can effectively deal with diversity and tap diversity, that we don't allow hierarchy and process to drive what it is that we're, what we need to do, and that we create opportunities for people to learn and grow every single day. And if it means rotating people around the world for different experiences or rotating them into different apartments, it's important that we do that. And the final note I'm going to underscore is what I said when I opened the show. Building organizations on a high degree of trust. And I know that's not easy. It's not easy to be in a situation where you can trust that others can do something as well as you can if not better. And that takes a leader's time in getting to know people, appreciating people, understanding their capability, and ensuring that they're in a situation and an environment and on a job and, and in a job role where the leader can trust that they're making the right decisions. Without those things, you're just simply not going to be successful going forward. Now, our next show coming up is really going to take the concepts from this discussion a little bit deeper. I've done some research myself and written a book, Winning with Transglobal Leadership, that has highlighted what are the five specific leadership behaviors or dimensions that are going to be critical if we're going to be agile and able to succeed going forward. 
And I'm going to be spending some time on our next show talking about that. Joining me is going to be Maya Huchan, a colleague and a friend for many years. Maya has been listed as one of the top 50 best leadership thinkers in the world by the Drucker Institute. She's written numerous books herself, and she has lived all over the world. She and I are going to be having a dialogue around what leaders can do and what you need to do in order to make sure that you're the agile leader of the future who can tap into this increasingly fast, global, sometimes confusing context and world in which we have to live and work. So I'm hoping you'll join me next week at Thursday, the same time. And I'm hoping that you'll send me some questions between now and the next show that we can answer on the show. So I want to thank you again for taking the time to listen in to I Lead. And I'd like to leave you with a thought for the day. Take a look around your own organization. Do you have the elements where people accept diversity, where people encourage that? Are your listeners listening? Are your leaders, excuse me, listening? Or are they telling? And just take a little mental note. Is your company, as Tony mentioned, able to pivot quickly when it needs to pivot? So thank you very much for joining me, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week.